Welcome to Creativity, the podcast where art and engineering collide. I'm your host, Jeremy S. Cook, and today, or normally I introduce um, the guests that we have on for the time, but this time we don't have a guest, or rather we have a guest that we've had on several times before, Pat Regan, prolific maker, guy that acts like he's retired, so he says, and he uh, he decided to agree to co-host after, after a lengthy sh- search on our part. He decided to co-host with me. So, uh, so Pat, how are how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing today, Jeremy? Good, good. So, uh, so basically, you know, we did. I did a couple of podcasts by myself. Had some great guests, but just found that didn't quite have the um, yeah, including yourself, Pat. Didn't quite have the same uh, same flow without without a partner, you know. So, you know, just kind of like. Um, you know, kind of like how Top Gear, after they got rid of Jeremy Clarkson, you know, had to had to find another direction. You know, now we're having the guy that came on several times. He's like the, I guess he's like the Matt LeBlanc of uh, of uh, the Creativity Podcast. If you've seen, if you've even watched Top Gear, I guess. So, oh, Jeremy, I should have said, "How you doing?" How, how you doing? When you asked earlier. <laughs> yeah, you ever watched that show uh, episodes where uh, Matt's like trying to? Pretty, pretty good show. Absolutely, I enjoyed it. I yeah. enjoyed it quite a lot. Pretty good show. I, I understand you've got quite the, quite the number of uh, watch suggestions for those that are, that are bored. Is that? Yeah, I've kind of gotten to the end of you know the end of the internet, the end of Netflix and YouTube or Netflix and Hulu and all those things. Maybe Pat, even though he's uh, you know, retired as or so he claims, he's got a little bit more of a um, a handle on the internet internet culture than I do. So I think that'll be great to have him on here to. You know, kind of, kind of show us which guests to to have on. Maybe have a little guidance on that. And you know, when um when I email people and I say, you know, hey, I do a podcast. It sounds a whole lot better. You know, would you like to come on the Creativity Podcast with my partner and I, uh, Matt Matt Maker or uh, Pat, <laughs> Pat Regan? That is, um, you know, then then saying that like, hey, I do some podcasts in my in my office, which which is exactly what happens, but. Sounds a little bit more, seems like it sounds a little bit more official. I don't know. What, what do you yeah. think? What do you think, Pat? Well, they always told me that on your business card, you know, if you own a small business, never put too important of a title on the business card. Hmm. But this doesn't, this probably doesn't help you for this though. But, you know, you don't want to be the CEO because then when somebody tries to make a deal with you, you can never go back and say, well, I have to run that past my boss. <laughs> Even if there is no boss, you, they don't know that there's no, but you know, if you're VP of something, there's somebody you report to. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Did you own your own business at one time? Is that a, did... uh, well, I had an LLC. I didn't make any money though. I okay. did a bad job. Okay. Well, that's, that's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It was fun. And, and I'll have yeah, to do it again sometime. I, I guess background though, you're a, um, a former, you worked in it before. Is that, is that right? I did. And I made notes about this because I knew you might ask me. And, you know, instead of guessing when this stuff happened, I wrote down years in my notes here. So I would, you know, I don't want to say something was 10 years ago when it was in 1992 or something. Yeah. So yeah. Sure. Stupid. So when, when were you a, when were you a IT professional? Uh, probably from the mid nineties. Yeah. I started my first job. I was a, for a month, I was a tape monkey on a mainframe. Okay. This was- this little screen would pop up numbers and you'd have to go there were about a hundred thousand two hundred thousand tapes in the room on shelves you know from one to ten thousand on each uh shelf and you'd have really? to pick out the right tapes and for eight hours a day that was what you had to do it was not it was very boring work but, you it, know, then I was good my exercise way at least 
No, it wasn't. You didn't really walk all that far. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that big of a room. I mean, it was it was a big room, but the area we were in was fairly small. Okay, so there was more yeah. than one tape monkey. Oh, there were three of us. Three. Yeah, there were three of us on each shift. Yeah, so all day, eventually, hours a day, that thing was just eating tapes. So eventually, did you get replaced by like actual monkeys or or no? Well, they had uh, a robot already. Oh, some kind of silo, but not everything was. You know, I guess they were converting things slowly, and they were moving out of that build. They were moving the mainframe out of that building anyway. So, so, so you were like the the backup to the robot. Maybe I don't know. I'm. I think the robot was attached to one mainframe and we were attached to another, maybe. I don't know. It's been too long for me to, re to quite remember how that worked. Okay. So, so Don't so tell my boss, but we used it for fun. You know, the tapes kind of stacked together. They had little interlocking pieces. Okay. And we would see how many we can carry at once. How many you know, could you carry? Tapes would come out and you'd have oh, to carry oh. them back to the shelves and you'd, you know, you'd get it out so as far. How, how wide were these tapes, first of all? They were... I would say they were half the size of a Betamax tape. Okay, for those that don't know what a Betamax third of a VHS tape, maybe a third, a third of the the width or a third of the length. Yeah, like you could probably put almost three of these into a. Yeah, you know, they were almost as thick and about a third as okay. half to a third I, wide. I, I think know. I think I understand. So it's basically like one of the tapes that you would put into a very old um, camcorder, a little smaller than an eight track, just a little. Okay, so like so like the size of a cassette tape. Is what you're telling me? Yeah, a little bigger, thicker, okay. fatter, so heavier duty, like oversized cassette tape. So, how many of these could you carry at a time? Do you know that's the thing? I don't remember the numbers. I just know it was you know you'd get your arms out as wide as you can. The farther you get your arms out, the harder it is to squeeze, and you have to put pressure to keep them from you know flopping apart. Keep the sure. Yeah, you know, they have. There's an indent on the top and a protuberance on the bottom but it's very shallow so they stack and they won't tip over but if you get too many i mean i had an accident you know i squeezed them and they oh it was so these were these were tapes with know. actual data on them i no let's say no let's say it's no better, okay nobody would be mad at me if they had no data on them <laughs> so um hmm, okay so you know just if some <laughs> some tape uh ended, ended up broken for some reason you know it wasn't it, it wasn't that obvious. I was there. It could have been my fault, but you never know. It was probably the other guy. Um, okay, so it's so you started your career as, as putting tapes in the in the tape reader and then then you moved on to something else, like I guess. Telephone tech support stuff and then you know, server and network stuff. What I worked that? for telephone companies a lot and they like to call everybody an engineer. Everybody's okay. just if you're if you have a technical job, you're probably an engineer at a telephone company. Nice, nice. That's um, that's a far cry from like civil or civil engineers, right? Which you have to have your. It is, your, yeah. Your PD, I, I guess. Or, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Under, I don't understand how they get away with it. I mean, te technically, I have places. a card somewhere that says EIT, which is which some people put on their business cards, but it's a engineer in training because I haven't gotten my uh, professional engineering certificate. You're not certified. I'm not certified, which which is always. Oh. That always means we can me, get a good deal if we hire you, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was, it always made me slightly ashamed. But uh, you know, now I now I find out you actually take your certification test right in college now. So it would have been a would have been a lot easier if I was a yeah, or or maybe not. I, I don't know. You know, those well, of they you would have that, made you do it. It just would have happened. And the, those of you that are in college uh, or just graduated or whatever, you go go ahead and uh, feel free to dispute me on the you know YouTube page or the SoundCloud notes or however. Uh, 
how do kids communicate these days? Um, <laughs> well, you're you're more qualified than me because I only have three college credits. That's oh, all I. Okay. Well, that's... and I've and you know I've been told that they probably aren't good valid anymore. By so now. what what are but, your three credits in then? Uh, whatever the intro programming C class was, it was it was very basic. Okay. Well, that's fine. Well, what uh? So okay, so you went went through this progression. You tech, tech support on the telephone, got your um, got your some college out of the way, and <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I guess you did something else at that point, right? Well, the college was before I was a tape monkey. Okay, it was, uh, yeah, that's yeah, and then well, I you know I did I worked and then I stopped work. I just said yeah, I'm done doing this, and I I said well, I'll just do a little of this and a little of that for a while until I run out of money and. I have. I figured I'd eventually end up working again. Okay, but we'll see. Well, long, I haven't gotten there yet. How long ago was that that you? I didn't write that number down. I didn't know where to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably. T- t- well, my blog has been up for ten, eleven years, and what? I started my blog a year or two after I'd stopped working. Okay. So. And that's a, that's patshead dot com, right? And. Yeah, patshead.com. Yeah, and I wrote this down. I thought this was good tidbits. I have fi- almost I have over 500,000 words on patshead.com. That's That's what like 5 10 books, I guess. I I don't know. I don't know. I've never written a book. I'm no. Not- <laughs> no, I mean it seems like seems like I've heard it's, you know, books what about 10,000 yeah. words. I think no, I, that's, I think that's I, not right. That that's like right. a novella or something. If it's, I, I bet 50,000 words is an average book. I okay. Yeah. Surprised. That's not, Can I Google that or should we just, we'll just, we'll just assume it's 50,000. Let's just assume you've got several, um, several books worth of, uh, worth of content on your, on your blog, patshead.com, which originally was just a hundred thousand words on butterwhat.com. Oh, that's too. right. And patshead.com was originally just your head spinning around, right? Yeah. I registered that domain probably around uh, 1999 or 2000. And all I had was an animated GIF of my head spinning. That was the only thing that was there and I needed an email address. So that was really what the domain was for. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Just and think, then, you know, back then you could have, could have registered something like, uh, you know, Coca-Cola.com or, you know, uh, not, not really, but yeah, not quite, but close. And it's, it wasn't that far off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, fast forward to today, you live in uh, in Texas, correct? Uh, Plano, I do. Plano, Texas, I, I believe. Plano, yeah. It's... We're a suburb of uh, Dallas. And um, from what I understand, you like to ride your, your uh, electric unicycle right, quite a bit. And, oh, that's so much fun. <laughs> and apparently, you told me, or maybe it was a, I think it was a unicycle. You, you saw somebody in the car, reading the car, and they like, slowed down and said, oh, it's that guy again. No, no, there's this lit, there's... Lots of people walk around ever since the virus started. Just, you know, walk around. There's this lady, I, it, she must live in my neighborhood because I always see her near the street here. And, you know, I wave to everybody. You know, it's just what I do. Sure. And well, I, I don't. But, the third or but fourth I, time I saw her, I heard her say to whoever she's talking to on the phone, she said, oh, there goes that guy again. <laughs> and she's watching me. I'm like, so I must look weird riding a, an electric unicycle. There's at least three or four of us that ride electric unicycles around here. I've seen. Really? So, so many. I wonder if those are that guy as well. 
They must be to someone, right? Maybe not to to her, but you can, yeah, you could start like a electric unicycle gang. It'd be kind of like a kind of like motorcycle gang, except yeah, except a lot less. Yeah, I I don't think people would fear you as much, so you'd have to probably no. You know, you'd have probably have to really really lay down the law. Uh oh, uh oh, Jeremy, okay. something went wrong with Looks my. Like... Pat's um Pat's been telling me about this great HDMI you HBMI DMI to USB capture card, which I think you can buy on Amazon for about thirteen, fourteen dollars. I got one of those myself, but I'm actually recording it on a old Logitech camera. And as you as you can see, my face is still still on the yeah. screen. What you know what happened, Jeremy? I'm thinking <laughs> What's here up? the HDMI is still capturing, but the camera ran out of battery. I forgot to plug it in. Oh. And you got a yeah, I'm not you got a new I'm camera. I'm not an expert. You got I a new did camera. Get a new camera. And that's a, what a Canon or a Canon? it's a Sony ZV1. It's like a baby Alpha. A, you know, it, is, it has built-in lens instead of it's a point and shoot. Right. Oh, I've got to come back soon here. Oh, hey, there, there you are. I guess that being said, I guess we should. Uh, you know, we're going to make this kind of a, a short, shorter episode day. So I was thinking we could. We could take a coffee break and then maybe come back and talk about some of the stuff we're working on, including I was going to take talk a little bit about my um, home automation system that I've been kind of working on. I, I can't say I can That's give you fun. a lot of details, but maybe we can kind of give a little overview. Pat's been running one since 2000. I didn't write that down. I didn't know that was going to be on the test. I have all for, kinds of dates. Here. For a couple of years, at least. So we can kind of discuss yeah. some of the some of the nuances of that. Anyway, we'll take our coffee break and we'll be back shortly. All right, so we're doing our coffee break right now, and usually it's just me solo, but today we got just one, you know, only the co-host with you. Pat, uh, Pat says no to that, but let's <laughs> let's go ahead and give a shout out to our top five patrons, including Brian Moses, Positive Waves, Old School DIY, that's at GFC62, and Stephen Booker. Also, Pat Regan is a uh, Patreon, so um, yeah. Support us on Patreon. So yeah, pa Pat, uh, Pat patri patronizes the show as as, <laughs> as usual. Um, but, you know, the cool thing is, if, if you ever want to become a Patreon, as you can see, it will give uh, our top five Patreons a shout out on the air. So, you know, if nothing else, it's cheap advertising. Yeah, well, any money helps, right? That's, uh, I mean, I don't, there's yeah. got to be a better way to say that. I've got to be better at this. Yeah, no, it's. This uh, is my first time. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Guys. So, but any, anyway, beyond the money, it really just means a lot that you guys support us as far as like yeah. supporting the show enough to say, okay, I'm going to give you money. That's like, that's quite the compliment. So thanks a lot and it, enjoy. You know, it's just as good as a, as a, oh, I almost said it. You know, it's almost just as good as a pat Patreon subscription, Jeremy. Comments on the YouTube video or the SoundCloud. Oh, yeah. That's great too. YouTube so, loves comments. It makes things. YouTube loves comments and we love comments. This so. is true. All right. So uh, anyway, thanks. Uh, and we'll get you back to your show. All right. Welcome back. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening to your little spiel about Patreon and such. And I guess before I forget about it, I want to make sure to give a shout out to uh, surrogate.tv. And Stan, they actually sent me a shirt after being on the podcast or after they were on the podcast uh, or he was on the podcast uh, a while ago. So that was that was pretty awesome of them. They make uh, arcade basically playable how could i even say it surrogate experience physical arcade games so you're yeah so you're actually playing these games 
in real life, but over the internet. It's quite quite the uh, concept to get your head around, but instead of playing a game online, you're actually playing a physical thing online. Pretty pretty neat. So I'd say uh, definitely check them out if you get a chance or check out their podcast, hear what they're all about. So that being said, Pat, um, yeah. So what what, uh, what else are we going to talk about today? Well, I have a question. You know, I should, probably should have talked to you about this before I spring it on you. I'm curious about your laser cutter. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. But um, yeah, so I bought a laser cutter recently. It's a... Um, Chinese laser cutter, I guess, I guess most of them are probably, some parts are probably out of China, at least in some, some part, but it's got a 28 by 20 bed. Um, and I've just, just really been trying it out. I got it on Wednesday from, uh, from eBay, got it in, you know, this guy basically delivers this crate to my garage and I've got to figure out how to get it off the crate and set it up. And so far it's been, it's been really good for under $2,000, but you know, I've been having to figure out the ventilation system and everything else. And, you know, just now I'm just kind of kind of getting to the point where I'm a little bit more comfortable with it. So hopefully in an upcoming episode, we can do kind of a laser cutter episode, maybe have a have somebody on that knows a little bit more about, more about it than me. Maybe talk about have like a like an intro to laser cutters or something. I mostly kind of want to know, you already have a CNC. Right. What do you want to, that's the... Why? I'm not not why, but but why? No, I get I, it. I, I get <laughs> I get your your judgment. Um, <laughs> no, I guess it's just. I guess my thought is, you know, CNC. You had to strap everything down. You had to do some really complicated offsets. Not complicated, but you have to figure out all the co- offsets for your cutting and stuff. Whereas, it seems to me like a laser is a lot more somewhere in between a 3D printer and a CNC router, where you Put your stuff on there, press the button, and it goes to work. I could and be that wrong. curve is so narrow. Yeah, exactly. The I, I mean, measured I, it. I don't remember what it was, but it's narrow. I, I could be a little bit wrong on that, but there's just some stuff that I'd like to make and maybe make in a little bit more uh, mass manufacturer way that I mm-hmm. just don't think I can do with a, um, at least not with my CNC machine. Yeah. Work uh, holding is rough. Right. Getting. It, yeah, exactly. So I Depending guess what, on what you're cutting it's Yeah, I hear you. Right. I mean, what, what I'm thinking of, and, and maybe we'll talk about this later, like in a further episode, yeah. maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm actually making some money on it. Who knows? But hopefully I can just turn, turn some of these things out involves a little bit of engraving, a little bit of cutting, yada, yada, yada. You, you have a product that you're working on, right? You had a, I do, I do. And I did a bad job because I pulled the power cable out of that to plug my camera in. Oh, well, that's okay. But we've got these little guys. This is the prototype. They're called Uber lights, and they Uber lights with two O's, with not two, a U. Two O's. But the idea is this is a look at how nice that focuses. This has a uh, this is about the size of a five and a quarter inch drive bay in a PC. Okay, and that's and, that's an array of LEDs, like addressable LEDs, like WS twenty eight one two, I guess. Yeah, like. It's okay we first call them NeoPixels, even though they're generic NeoPixels. Right. They're not from Adafruit. But, yeah, they're individually addressable, and we can run animations on them. And we're we're just about there. We have, you can, it has a USB port. Okay. And so, an ESP8266. So it's just a circuit board with basically two circles of, of uh, addressable LEDs that you can you can do your do your thing with, I guess. Yeah, and the idea is, yeah, this this got out of hand. My original idea was just to have two single rings of single color LEDs 
to put them in a drive bay and show things like spin them around for network speed and, you know, light them up, light up a, you know, from 12 o'clock to four o'clock to show that you have, what would it be, 30 or 40% of your disc used or something. But now we have all these LEDs, so we can go nuts nice. with that. It's, but the idea is that we have it almost ready to do it. You can send JSON data over the, uh, the USB serial to tell it which animation to run and how to okay. configure it. So there'll be and, a little daemon on your J server. That JSON is uh, JavaScript object notation. Is that, is that right? Uh, that sounds right to me. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to okay. tell you you're wrong because that does sound correct. It's basically just the data structures from JavaScript is what I always... Okay. Shorthanded. So, so, so basically, you could, in theory, hook this thing up to a, like a drive on your computer, plug it in, have it spin, spin up whatever, show whatever thing your computer's doing, or anything else really. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have a little demon that'll do the basic stuff like network speeds and, you know, disk right. utilization, disk speed, I/O, maybe pop up light them up red when there's a big error, like a dead hard drive or something, you know, stuff sure, like that. Sure. Well, it's, you know, it's funny. I, I'm pretty sure either one or two times ago when you came on the show, you were talking about this light. And I think um, you were talking to Max and I, it's like, yeah, you should send us a sample, whatever. But it, I guess it's just, just feature creep, right? These things kind of get out of, out of control sometimes. They right? do. And my friend who designed the hardware and he's working on the software now, I keep telling him, I want to send, I, we have 10 boards. Well, we might have nine. I don't know. One one was a dud. But I keep saying, I want to start sending these out. And he's like, I'm almost ready. I don't want you to send it out with this firmware yet. I want it to work a little bit better. Like, if I plug this in, it looks exactly like it did with the old firmware two months ago. But it's a whole new animation API that's on there. He's recreated the old animations in the new in the new, and, so the you new can system. Run, there's a compositor, so you can run a, an animation on top of an animation and on top of an animation, so you could have the the goofy, goofy. Don't I shouldn't say my thing. My product is goofy, but yeah, there's one that's called uh, Twinkle or Sparkle or something that just lights them up and shimmers them, and then you'd be able to put a clock over the top of that or something. Well, that's and awesome. So I'm excited, yeah. and you can do all this not just over the USB, but the the ESP chip that controls it. You, you can send all the exact same JSON data over Wi-Fi. Oh, well, well you sounds... can't yet. You can't yet. Okay. But it's there's no reason we're not going to be able to do that. That's okay. Easy. Well, that sounds awesome. So yeah, this is kind of stuff that uh, that Pat's into, obviously. Besides, I have no idea how to do any of this stuff. Okay. This is... <laughs> I was only an idea guy. For okay. This one. Okay. But uh, I guess one thing that we've been, I guess, um, we thought we'd talk about as far as like actually having some informational stuff today. Is um I've been working on an open, not open, well open hab, not open, home assistant, home automation system on on Raspberry Pi, and and Pat's actually had a home automation system running for, I guess years, right? Like you said, it's but it's based on well, open hab, correct? I used, I didn't. We moved into this house two years ago, and I didn't set any of it back up, and I haven't gotten into it again yet. I I had basically I had my my home office in our old place automated. Like what I did, I had, I used OpenHab, the old version, but I used the 1.0, 1.2, whatever it was. And now there's a 2.0 and it's very different. But I did stuff like I used the Android debug interface to 
the TV over here. Am I pointing the right way? <laughs> to talk to the Amazon Fire TV, and I figured out how to watch it for videos, put, watch the debug output to find out when videos were playing. So I could dim the lights in the room when, you know, you could go all over the Netflix interface, and as soon as you hit go on something, the lights would shut off. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, it's... um. My my system, it's it's funny. I, I started it so well over a year ago, maybe even two years ago, whatever. I noticed that my garage door opener had a couple of contacts in it that were wired into a, a doorbell, and not doorbell, like a doorbell switch at the yeah. base of my garage. You know, you press this, and it seems to me like it. It seemed to me like it opens a, or closes a contact, sends a signal to that, and then opens or closes the door. The only thing that was weird about it is that the the light on the doorbell stays lit. So I don't really know yeah. how it could do that. But none, nonetheless, my thinking was that if I, I put a relay to those two contacts, I could get it to open up. You know, after a little bit of experimentation, realized I could do that. And then the obvious solution was to put an ESP8266 chip on there with a relay, which, uh, yeah, exactly. Same same thing, as, same thing as that. Um, so I got, I got that working. And then um, actually with a little bit of help from Brian, Brian Locke, who former, who's been a guest on here before, um, actually got it to run a web server so I could log on to a certain, certain address, local address when I'm on my home address, click, uh, go up, go down, whatever. And it was fine. That, that worked, that worked fine for, you know, months and months. Well, mm -hmm. fast, fast forward to maybe, maybe two months ago, I, I decided that I would buy my own. This, this the story is going a little bit of a strange sidetrack, but I decided that I'd buy a, a new router for my home office or a new new cable modem because I was thinking I could hook up two cable modems, have a direct line, direct hard line to my computer, and you know everything would be good. It'd be a little faster, yada yada yada. Um, as that happened, I screwed something up. Called the cable company. They gave me a new router with a, with a new set of addresses, and ended up paying somebody to run the, the ethernet line anyway, which was probably the right solution because man, he did a great job. Uh, shout out to Attic Rad. The guy did a great job here in Florida, but anyway, but, but you know, it just cost a little bit of money. It, it was worth it though. I think all that being said by my, my new, they gave me a new router, not Attic Rad, but the, the cable company gave me a new router with new, new set of addresses, yada, yada, yada. So my garage door was no longer working with that. So a little more research, you know, I, I realized you could just flash it with a system called Tas Tasmoda, which is mm -hmm. just a ready, ready-made solution for all this stuff, which, which is just fantastic. I, I mean, at the time, you know, I thought what you had to do was actually plug it in, program it over the, the USB or, or wiring your own, your own um, connections. But as it turns out, you can just do it, flash it over the air with some, some crazy processes processes I, I did actually do a story about that on embedded computing i'll probably try to put a link to that somewhere but can you um, flash it over the air if you haven't already set it like when we did these uber lights i had to flash them a certain way and then i can start flashing them over wi-fi yeah is, is yeah a, well like i had to use the serial port to do it the first time we'll, we'll get we'll get to that in a okay, moment I'm i guess sorry. but just no it's fine but um but yeah anyway so i programmed the garage using tasmoda basically you just flash this firmware on there you can log on it's it's just like it's just like almost automatic just it just yep 
puts up its own interface, whatever. Well, that being said, <laughs> at that point, I decided to come up with a home automation system to have it like have its own server or something. Tried OpenHab, and I found that to be a little bit, a little bit hard to work with. And then I tried um, Home Assistant or HA as it's abbreviated, flushed it onto Raspberry Pi, and actually got it so that I could log onto the Raspberry Pi's Home Assistant interface, and it just just has like a button that you press. Actually, yep. one thing that was a little bit complicated though is that usually it wants to be turned on and then off. You had to set up an option in Tasmoda to actually make it do like a just a like a push, toggle 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 on off. Oh, yeah, toggles different. Toggle would be whatever it is, make it the other. Yeah, so instead know? of making it so you know when I first set it up, you know, <laughs> you have to push it twice. Yeah, fast. so I'm you know I'm telling my wife I'm like yeah you got to just press it and then press it. She's like that doesn't seem quite right, and I'm like well. And then, you know, the little more research, a little more looking into it, and the, the whole solution was you just flash it onto Tasmoda and you can you can get it to do it that way. Cool thing is most of the stuff is just handled by ta by um, Home Assistant automatically. If yeah, you set it, it probably up, just finds Tasmoda. Yeah, like you set it up. I was using MQTT, which is mm -hmm. uh, some sort of mess messaging protocol. If you set something up called uh, Option 19, which is pretty, yeah, pretty... Uh, that okay are we is that legal yeah op option 19 which is yeah. yeah you go into the console and you say set option 19 or something which you know people are like oh well you just use the console but it's a bit is I that a know. dhcp option is that what they uh no it's it's through uh mqt so basically like whole thing is with mqtt you're, you're telling it to log on to a certain address where your home assistant is running, like the Raspberry Pi that's running my home assistant. And if you've got the MQTT stuff set up, if that if something changes with the IP address, it still refers back to your home assistant module, mm -hmm. which had this running on a Raspberry Pi, you know, set that up, flash it, whatever. And it, it once that was all set up, it just discovered that. And it, it was... Magic again, not quite, not quite automatic, but it's like, oh, we found a new device. Do you want to put it on the Lovelace interface? And you do that, and it's just, um, like you said, pretty much like magic at that point. Yeah. Um, I know when my friend Brian installed Home Assistant a month or two ago, it just found dozens and dozens of things that it can talk to on his network. It was just crazy. Oh, yeah, and it, was, it just all shows right up. It was, it was like the amazing thing was, you know, I went through some work to actually get it to activate a fountain through a relay and that has a bit of a gfci problem at this point but i think that's a little unrelated but then just <laughs> just like magic it just popped up with my roku player so i can like you know mess with my kids like you know pause it you know like when i yep. come come on my bike ride or something you know i did that all manually actually hooked it up soldered headers on and or connected with the usb port flash has moto onto it i gotta give a big shout out to, to jason jason brunk uh i guess he goes by cranky coder he told me about this thing called Tuya Convert, which actually lets you, you just use a Raspberry Pi and another ESP8266 board. And if you put things into pairing mode, it can actually just pair it just without actually hacking into it at all. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's incredible. So I set this up. So my, my sister-in-law, I think last Christmas had given me um, a couple of smart lights and they were, I guess all I can... I can show you. And one they of have them. ESPs in them, probably. Yeah. So these these smart lights. Let's see. Just let's see the iView. I don't know iView something or other, and um, 
I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. If I could just flash them with, you know, my own firmware, because I don't want to, you know, use their their app necessarily. And I sure don't want to open that light bulb. I don't think. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, like, well, fun. I'm not going to open the light bulb, and I'm not going to flash it. So, but then I realized you you could do this. Uh, basically, you just hook up this two year convert, you put it into flashing mode by turning it on and off like three times, which, you know, that's according to the directions. It's just normal flashing. You go through the Raspberry Pi interface. It just does it like magic and puts uh, puts Sasmoda on it. And, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and, and once you've done that, then you can program with these things called templates that you get on um, this guy. I think he calls himself Black Black Adder or something. Um, it's got like a big template repository. Okay. You can download that and just load it in there and it gives you like a way to control the lights. And yeah, I think there's a thousand or maybe even thousands of them. Now, the um, unfortunate thing was that these iView... IVU 1000s did not, and I say did not have a template, but now it does because I downloaded another template for another smart light, set up my own template after a little bit of hacking around, and and now uh, now I've got it to work. You can turn it on, turn it off, dim it, and even change the hue so you can get, make it more of a yellow color. I'll go ahead and plug it in right now. Maybe I'll play with that. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's cool. So I've got one at my desk, and then I've got one... Um, in my bedroom too. So, you know, if I'm going to bed, I can, you know, I can like turn the lights down and relax while I read, or I can turn it up a lot if I want to, I guess. Brian has a whole mess of that Sonoff hardware, S-O-N-O-F-F. Yeah. Okay. And they're all flashable. You can put Tasmoda on them. And uh, we always, well, you probably used to have to, you had to, they have a, you know, they have a four pin header. So, but you have to open them all up, you know, connect the doodad. But if this works with those, holy crap, it'll be so much easier to convert all those old uh, Sonoff switches to look yeah. at you turning yellow. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess um, I was just messing with this with my, uh, if you're watching the video, I'm just messing with it now, turning my backlight more of a yellow and more of a white, which I look, uh, I look way different depending on. It's true. Depending on what's on what's what, I guess. So. Yeah, more of a bit of a neutral now. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure you can do it. I'm pretty sure Sonoff, Sonoff, Sonoff was the, um, yeah. is the, like the, I guess the most basic thing. Cause there's a Sonoff basic that's really easy to flash, but you got to solder headers on. The great thing is they make it easy to put the headers on, but if you don't even have to do that, even better. They're a header just like, uh, oh, I soldered into these already, but they're just like, yeah, they're just through holes, and you don't have to solder anything to them. You could just put four pins. Yeah, you, know, you put four Dupont cables through there, and if you just kind of lean them to a corner to the side, so they press up against the okay the yeah. metal. So, so you can do you an assembly set. line. You know, plug it in, hit enter, wait, and then plug the next. But you have to take them all apart. You have to unscrew them and take right. the plastic off. Or if you've got pogo pins, but I don't, you know. Yeah, I don't have pogo pins. I'm not that fancy. <laughs> yeah, and pogo pins are these things that are just electrical connectors that literally are like like pogo sticks for ants. So that's that's kind of the status of my system at this point. I got a couple lights on it, a couple, um, I got my garage, which is probably the most important thing. It's so convenient. Like if I go for a bike ride or something, go for a bike ride, come back and log on with my phone and yada 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 the uh garage comes up yeah when we come home from a bike ride i still have to punch in the code on the outside door because oh, i don't bring you have to punch in the code like a caveman i know right 
Well, yeah, when I go by myself, I just go out the front door with my wheel, but Chris sure. keeps her, her e-bike in the garage, so we have to go out that way. Okay. I, I see. So you just leave the door open. I guess your your cat guards the house when you're gone. Oh, no, I close the door. Oh, you close I, it, I, right. I, I do close it, yeah, when you I know, get outside. I almost yeah. never go out the front door. It's like, like yep. why would you do that? But um, most, yeah, pe- and we most people do. we keep the car out the front because Chris is afraid of the steep driveway. She okay. doesn't want to park back there. And, uh, and Chris is your, your wife. Just, uh, my wife, just, okay. yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um, my my wife. Hey, do you, you, see the new, you see the new Borat movie? I did not. Should I see it? Do I? Is it? It was. Uh, it was not as good as the first one as you might imagine, but it was. Um, yep. You know, it was what it was. I guess. Getting back to the home automation stuff, I guess the one thing. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, it's amazing adding. It's amazing adding more and more. Oh, Arduino Nano. That's that's good. This is my. Uh, this is not the one I actually use. Though I have my my first home automation was just these RF four thirty three switches. You know, you buy a three pack for twenty bucks, and they have a little remote with two buttons for each thing. Yeah, that was when Wi-Fi switches cost like 40 bucks and Z-Wave was a whole ordeal. I said, well, I wonder, I bet you can control these stupid things with an Arduino. And you can. My first three light bulbs were all controlled by this guy. Oh, that's awesome. That's just a, it's just an Arduino Nano on a breadboard. That's Yeah, and a tiny little, a tiny, oh, it sees my face. That's It's why. a tiny 433 uh, megahertz yeah. thingy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing. You know, it's it seems like, seems like things haven't changed that much but then you actually look back like five years and like wow things have things have changed yeah. a lot. it's so nice that the new hardware has it tells the, the server the status you know you it, it can query it and say oh yeah you're on or you're off this has no idea <laughs> i just this the software i have on the nano it just spams the on or the off switch like uh, you know 10 times just to make sure it actually gets there that's crazy you don't know well well, it's it is amazing. Like you put you put more stuff on there, and it's it just feels like a like a superpower or something. It's like wow, I can I can do this and more and more stuff. It's it's like it's addicting almost. It is. The, the oh, next, a friend of mine. Oh, I don't. You tell me about that first before I so, get excited. So the next next thing I'm I'm thinking about adding, hoping to add, is um we had a, had a bit of a water issue in in one of our bathrooms and. Uh, I'm like, okay, you know, kind of close call, but I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm not really comfortable with that. So I got yeah. these three sensors that actually will pick up if there's moisture on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll just make an alarm, whatever. But the cool thing is they all each have a, I believe a 433 megahertz or maybe a, a Zigbee or possibly Bluetooth connection. Them. You connect mm-hmm. them with the central hub, which I haven't connected yet. And it will, I guess, I guess send you an alert to an app or email you or something like that. Haven't hooked it up yet. Unfortunately, I don't see like a, I don't quite know how to do it integrated into my home automation system. Yeah, but is ho- that the central hub? This is, the or cent- is that the this is the central hub. So yeah, yeah. So like I was a, wondering how you get that in the wet spot on the floor. Yeah, that no, was... yeah. The central hub has yeah, as as Pat's observing, it's got two um <laughs> two prongs that you plug in to the outlet. So that's not really. So you don't run an extension cord and then no, the no. circuit breaker trips. The, the two the, the the little um. Right. little sub sensors they just have i guess batteries in them um mm-hmm. you know ultimately i don't quite know how to integrate it with home assistant so i i'm a little hesitant to put the app on but i probably will but what i ultimately like to do is integrate it with home assistant so that if it gets a water alarm then i have like an automated switch for my main my main um water it cuts it off oh, and fantastic. Uh, 
you know, all of a sudden no water damage, even if I'm not, or little water damage, even if I'm not in my home or something. So I'm amazed at how few water shutoffs my house has. Is it the set of zero? Uh, no, there is one. There's one in the kitchen. Well, there's one at every toilet. There's oh, always okay. one at every yeah. toilet. But there's one in the sink under the kitchen, so you can shut off the water to the fridge. So you can swap the fridge. But that's it. There are no other water shutoff valves anywhere inside the house. Just the one. Yeah, no, front. it's it's a it's quite the risk that we just kind of accept. But yeah, I'm used to the house I grew up in has one every. You know, they're everywhere. All over the basement, there are water shutoffs, and you got to wonder why the water's not flowing when somebody's shut them off. Is this what, why, you know, right before the furnace, before this, before that? Ugh. Right, right. So, uh, so I guess, I guess as of now, as of now, you don't have any home automation set up, but I guess your friend, uh, from Brian, or, or I guess I've met him too. I guess we'll, uh, and anyway, sure, he's, he can be your friend too. That's he's fine. My, he's my friend too. I'm, I'm claiming him at this point, Brian. So, um, <laughs> He's, yeah. So, uh, but he's got he's working on quite a bit of interesting home automation stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He's I, and I should know what some of that is. I've only seen he just keeps buying boxes of things, and I don't. I I haven't. I I never. I see them every time I go to his house. I'm like, oh, there's new stuff. I don't know what he's doing with them yet, but yeah, yeah. And the whole thing he's doing is because he has a switch to turn his lights on in the backyard. That the way it's set up, it's behind his giant sectional couch. So you can't get to it. You have to lean over everything, and he hates that. He wants that replaced. So that was the he whole. Doesn't want to ever have to, that's the whole reason to automate the whole house is so that you don't have to reach for that switch that's nowhere near the door ever yeah, again. I, I know it, it's interesting how this stuff starts. It's like a very. It's like well, I'd like the garage to come up more easily. It's like something fairly, fairly silly, and then, you know, hundreds of hours and dollars later, you've got something that yep. works that does all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, well, once you get the hub, everything else, adding more stuff becomes simple, right? So Yeah. Like, no, I mean, this Raspberry Pi setup with home automation was it's awesome. I mean, you just flash it with, uh, what do you flash? What's the thing they use to flash stuff? The uh, Bellina Al- Etcher? Oh, I don't know. Anyway. I just use DB, so I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, you flash, <laughs> you flash it, you set up in a cabinet somewhere, and it just kind of does its thing. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. And um, also, I hardwired it, so that's probably probably a tiny bit faster because that's the other thing I've been into these days, you know, over Ethernet. So, yeah. Hey, you were excited about something though, Pat, that I kind of kind of cut you off. Oh my God, I was, wasn't I? You were. Uh oh. It had something to do with home automation. Crap. We're it's gone. It won't come back. Okay. It's gonna- Not in a timely fashion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's fine. Um, we've we've been, I've definitely been known to ramble on this show along with uh, along with guests and stuff. But if you don't think it's going to come back to you, then then that's that's we should, fine we too. Should not worry about it. We'll just we'll cause... just cut our losses at this point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anything else you want to you want to say about home automation, or I guess yourself in general? Well, home automation is fantastic. I told Brian to record all just collect all the data that you can from around the house anything that'll give your home automation system data because you can use that data to automate things and you'll you'll never believe what you can come up with oh i did a good job i remembered what i was excited about okay i've been complaining for years that i don't have a good way to tell if i have a little 
well, it's not little, it's a big honking recliner here in my office that you guys can't quite see. And it's a mess over there. I'm not aiming the camera over there. I understand. But I used to have this problem. I would pick up my little old ebook reader, and that is on my desk, this little old e-paper reader. And my home automation used to know I was in my office by whether the TV was running or if I'm at my desk using my computer. And that would all go silent and my light would go off and I'd be like, I'm reading here. What are you what are you doing? I want to know. I need a way to know that I'm in that chair. And I didn't know how to. There's a lot of do-it-yourself hacks to sense chair occupancy, but they all look fragile. And my friend Mike found the best. The, there's a perfect. You can buy replacement uh, airbag sensors for cars that go in the seat. They go between the cushion and the seat. They're little, uh, little flat things with little uh, membrane switches. Huh. And you just put that between the cushion and the and the you know in the inside the chair somewhere, hmm. and wire it up to something. I mean, that's not wired to anything. You'd have to wire it to an ESP or something. Nice. But now I'm excited. Now I need to get back into home automation just because of that. That's all I need. Yeah, you do. Chair set. It's I, I don't know. It's just amazing. Like you, you like you have like one website. You pull it up on your phone, and you can just do all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, and, uh, I think I think it's neat. Um, I, I like the automation part more than the remote control. The remote control is fine, but when you can start telling it to do things for you, so you don't have to do them, that's I love that. Yeah, I agree. That'd be maybe even better. But something that I haven't quite quite figured out. I'm still kind of getting into that. So I understand. You know, I'm I'm not probably not the uh, probably not as much of a programmer as you are. So I don't. Uh, I don't like to claim to be a programmer. I get by, but sure. I would be a terrible professional. <laughs> well, that's okay. Somebody's It is. It is. I'm yeah. okay with that. I'm not upset about that. Yeah, that's okay. So um yeah, I guess I guess um, one other question I have for you before we get going. What um what what's up with those headphones? Those are very very red. Aren't these very red? Well, these are some velour. You guys, you guys, yeah, you guys can't see this on TV, but I mean, if or on the radio, radio podcast, obviously. Right. But you know, if you could picture, as as Pat said, kind of a velour, you're like red, except bright except red. like with a sheen on it, not just bright. They're like like I'll shiny. Hold them up to the, I won't be able to hear you for a second, Jeremy. I'll hold these. Wow, that's uh, that's quite. That's actually, you know, when you hold it up, it's not quite as. It's more like a more like a felt they're material. I, I was thinking it was like a vinyl or something from the, no, no, they're the very so there's a, this red, the really red part here that wraps around the, you know, the, the mechanism that holds it in place. That's kind of, that's gotta be vinyl. That feels like vinyl, but the fuzzy part, the comfortable part is okay. Soft. So don't cut that on your laser cutters. What you're, what you're telling me. Oh no, don't, don't cut vinyl on your yeah, laser. Don't cutter. ever cut vinyl. It'll ruin the lens and it will make, you'll, you'll have trouble with the breathing too. Right. Yeah. But these are crummy head. These are cheap mono price fifteen dollar headphones. They're nothing fancy. Okay, I well, broke my fancy headphones. They are they are very red though. I guess you guess you traded your so red. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. Um, I guess I guess we'll just say we'll be uh, we'll be seeing a lot of Pat in the upcoming episodes. Um, hopefully, this is we'll exciting. Have some good a uh, good guest coming up, and you know I can't say that Pat's a can't say that Pat will be a good guest anymore because he'll be doing the interviews with me now. So, so that's pretty, uh, pretty awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So anyway, if you enjoyed the episode, you know, do, uh, Oh, I should, I should ask, what are you, what are you working on? 
these days? Oh, this is a good question. I should have been prepared for this. I feel like, you know, I feel like I haven't, I'm in the middle of a bunch of little projects. I have to cut some stuff on the CNC for Tindy today. Right. I'm running out of stock. I, uh, I'm excited about the Uber lights. Really excited about right. the Uber lights. I have some, a lot of my projects require, you know, testing that takes that. Like I love cutting, I love experimenting with the carbon fiber quadcopter frames and all my ideas, you've got to make a change and then go out and fly it and see when it breaks. Right, and then when right. it breaks, you, you see if the idea worked, but you have to crash a lot before it breaks. So, you know, there's a month or two in between making a small change and then, sure. you know, finding out what to do next. I, I'm like, I'm bummed out. I would love to be running my CNC at least once, once or twice a week. But I'm my design work is such a bottleneck. It's all I, I it's always waiting for me. Sure, instead sure. Instead of the other way around. Well, uh, I guess if uh, we want to see what you're up to, I guess you're on Twitter at Pat's Head, right? And then uh, Pat's Head Com. Pat's, Pat's Head Com. Okay. Yeah, the, the Pat's Head guy. He he hasn't tweeted in 20 years, and he drives a hearse, I think. And mm. I'm very bummed out that I can't have his handle. Yeah. 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 If any of you guys know know Twitter, the guy at Twitter. Yeah, and and uh, and likewise on Twitter, I'm Jeremy S. at Jeremy S. Cook, and Instagram. Somebody has my handle on Instagram or the handle, and they haven't. I don't think they've whatever you do on Instagram for quite a while. So lately, last I checked. Um, but yeah, I guess I've been working on well, getting that laser cutter running and some various other things. So anyway, I guess we'll. Uh, guess we'll talk to you next time i guess unless you had anything else to, to add pat well don't forget to like and subscribe and comment and things yeah that's all appreciated yeah stuff like that's definitely appreciated but um yeah so thanks thanks so much for watching and, and listening um and we will talk to you mm -hmm. next time